0: Hey, everybody, it is your favorite stylist here. It is Melanie Day with You've Got Curls and Hair Loss Center. And as always, having something special going on and bringing on on amazing guests. And tonight we have a fabulous guest, um, Dr. Iman Youssef. She is a internist, a medical doctor at Washington University at St. Louis. How are you doing tonight? Um, I'm doing great, Melanie. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited. So before we get started, just want to let everybody know what our topic is. And our topic is getting to the root cause of hair loss in women. And um I I, I don't when you first reached out to me, I was like really surprised. I was really excited actually, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't really know how uh, tech works and a logarithms and things like that but you actually yeah. found me so how did you find me again
1: yeah so i'm an avid podcaster um like i love listening to podcasts that's how i consume most of my information um but often it's sort of in the medical world you know keeping uh, there's a lot lots of ways to keep up to date now in terms of evidence-based medicine and that sort of thing but um you know, kind of when we, when we spoke, I, you know, I shared this sort of hair loss, excess hair shedding was something, a, a more personal thing that's I've been through and sort of recovered from. And I was sort of looking if other people were talking about in the space. So I just kind of looked around um, what people were doing, what people were sharing and how much of that was evidence-based and what sort of information was coming out. So that's how sort of I found you. And I was interested, especially as women of color, I was so excited to find you.
0: Yes. Yeah, so well, this is what makes it even more special. It's, it's that part of it, but that there's like-minded individuals that are out there that are searching, but also looking for credible information. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit more about your background, because it's pretty interesting, but I, I want the world to know like what, <laughs> your, what your background is medically and everything.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm board certified in internal medicine. Um, I practice both inpatient outpatient medicine. Um, And our training as sort of internists, we think of systems, um, you know, we essentially delve deep into how the organs are connected uh, and how different um, symptoms and diseases interplay between those sorts of organs. The skin, as we know, is an organ itself. And a lot of that stuff is very much tied into what's potentially going on in your body. Um, So I think that's Essentially, basically, what I do is I try to connect the pieces and connect symptoms with what's going on in the body.
0: Yeah, so it's almost like a detective, right? (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. I, 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 honestly, I enjoy it. It's, it is like a detective, um, especially when you have the time and the relationship with your patients um, when they share that information with you. I think it's, it's, it's really valuable for sure.
0: Yeah, and something else that I think you brought out in our conversation was. Mentioning as far as taking additional classes for nutrition, now is that something that doctors normally do or don't do?
1: <laughs> no, I I think you're right. A lot of people don't. Um, I think I realized that after finishing my own training. Um, you know, we do. It's it's a lot of schooling. You know, four years of undergrad, four years of medical school, and then, you know, between three to seven years depending on whatever training you or field you decide to do mm-hmm. a residency. So that's. You know, upwards of eleven plus years, um, and our nutrition education, unfortunately, it's and it's not a secret, um, is is limited to at most maybe a couple of weeks to a month. Wow. And I realized that sort of deficit when I started taking care of patients outside of the hospital. You know, they would ask me, "Oh, doctor, I have high blood pressure. Or I have diabetes." What can I do? And often, the, unfortunately, the reflux is to have a dietitian sort of refer, you know, have that referral. But in, in hindsight, I realized that you know these are the conditions I see every day, um, all day during the clinic, and I should probably have a better understanding about what the interplay is, interplay is between these chronic diseases, the symptoms that my patients manifest, and and how to effectively treat them. That's beyond. The I, unfortunately, I was I as was one of those people who were eat less, um, exercise more, you know, and I felt horrible. And it's like I can't like this. This cannot be the extent of my nutrition knowledge, especially when I'm advocating for preventative care, you know, uh, el- eliminating inducing chronic diseases, and that's that's effectively the premise of how I practice. So,
0: okay, so eliminating chronic diseases and getting, or getting patients off their medications, right?
1: Yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's my goal. That's probably my passion, you know, and, um, because a lot of, I'm talking strictly about, you know, the ones that we know about, you know, diabetes, hypertension, um, those sorts of things that are um, sort of diseases of, of affluence and environmental that are unfortunately chronic and endemic in our area, you know, in the United States um, yeah, I think there's a lot of work to be done in in terms of that area. And so those are the things that I'm primarily interested in.
0: I love it. I love it. (laughs) We we need more, um, healthcare providers like yourself. I know they're out there. Um, it, it, it takes time to find healthcare professionals that really want to spend time and getting to know why, you know, we're having certain actions or, um, helping patients to learn more about their bodies and if something doesn't feel right, you know, yeah. helping them work through that. So let's talk about the, I guess the thought about um, your own journey. Cause I think you mentioned earlier, as far as hair loss and, and what that was like, What tell me what was that situation for you?
1: Yeah, so right. My so my interest in the hair loss, uh, and I I will say as a caveat, um, if you I'm talking strictly non non scarring hair loss, so telogen effluvium, um, androgenic alopecia. If you I mean if you have scarring alopecia, that's I'll definitely have a dermatologist see you. That's this is not what we're talking about. We're talking about just the regular excess shedding that sort of thing. Right. Um. So. You know, I, I will say if it wasn't the privilege I have for being a physician, have, you know, being equipped with the knowledge that I had, I don't know that I would have even identified it early. Wow. Um, and I think that's probably a, one, I, that's why I really want people to know that if you're experiencing something, uh, just like any sort of um, symptom, in my mind, hair loss is a symptom of something else that may be going on. Um, and to not be afraid to share that with your doctors, because, you know, there's probably a reason why that's going on, and it's something worth investigating, for
0: sure. Okay, so I like what you said, hair loss is a symptom of something else that's going on, so Mm -hmm. what was it like, like, I know for me, um, I think that's how you found me, was my, Mm -hmm. my personal experience was, um, I was on medication. It was a hormonal medication. I had really heavy periods,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: really heavy periods cause anemia. So the medication was just a byproduct of probably the underlying thing, which was the anemia. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, hair loss is a symptom of something else that's going on. So, me as a patient, knowing this, what conversation should I be having with you as a medical provider to help me better understand what's happening?
1: Yeah, so so that yeah that's that's the that's a good question because I for myself it's really I because I know how I get history from patients, I try to get a timeline from them. Um, And I would say for other patients to also try to reflect back on what's been going on in the last couple of months. Um, you know, have you started a new diet? You know, this is where the nutrition nutrition component comes in, um, especially if you're on a, if you're a high risk one, you're African American, uh, you know, woman. You go on a strict vegan diet when you know there's not a lot of iron potentially, especially if you're not doing it correctly, that could be a problem. Right. Um, you know, new stresses in your life, new yeah. illnesses. Um, you know, if you're oh, getting sick a more problem. often. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. COVID was a big
0: one. Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. Um, absolutely. I mean, they're all related. You know, if, if you start noticing new joint pain, new rashes, you're having digestive issues, that could be pointing to potentially the start of some new malabsorption issues, some new autoimmune disease. Um, you know, e- even if you're having heavy, heavy menstrual periods, or if that's changed, you know, if it's something that's um, if your mesoperiod period has become more irregular, that could be pointing towards like some sort of PCOS, fibroids, you know, endometriosis. It could be a, a lot of things, but I think the most important thing is to think about what's been going on in the last couple of months.
0: Yeah, so having that history, I like that. Now, the points that I, I think you were mentioning earlier was labs, the different mm-hmm. types of labs. Um, you know, everyone, when you look online people have so many different opinions. So say, like, oh, well, you know, you need to um, check your vitamin D levels and um, you need to check your your THS, like your thyroid levels and things like that. But what labs should I ask for when I'm seeing certain things happening with me?
1: Yeah, so um, kind of the, I'm trying to think of probably the standard labs, I think are a good base to start with. So a basic metabolic panel, a thyroid hormone, a thyroid TSH, free T4, free T3, those are important as well. Um, Vitamin D, also, and a complete blood count. From those, I think you can gain a probably a baseline good information about what's potentially going on, Mm -hmm. Um, and then expand from that. But I would, I would probably start with those those couple of labs for sure.
0: Okay, okay. So what about like if I wanted to check my zinc levels or um, I don't know. Um, cause I have some clients that have come in and they've had all those, all those tests run mm-hmm. and everything checks out fine, but I'm still seeing, like you said, yeah. the of something else. Um, I actually have one client, um, probably say she's in her forties and mm-hmm. you know has children or whatnot, but we're still trying to figure it out. Hers looks like, you know, pattern or um, genetic alopecia or thinning, mm-hmm. but I also suspect that there might be something underlying going on there as well, but I, I, I'm i not the, profi- I'm not medical, <laughs> profi- I don't know, yeah. um, but all her labs check out fine. So when a patient has that issue, what, what's the next step when things check out fine or okay?
1: Yeah, I, w- I would still probably harp back on kind of the history because um, one, it could be other things. So is she eating enough protein? That's a big one. You need essential fatty acids to, you know, make sure your hair grows. Zinc, of course, selenium, some some of those micronutrients. And those are probably labs that we would run next. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably maybe look at the labs a little bit more closely because there are some fine um, kind of So we only think about the hemoglobin, white blood cell count and platelets, but there are more, when you see your labs, there's like seven, eight, nine different labs, right? We don't, (laughs) we don't really talk about them. Um, But personally, I'll tell you how I kind of found mine because it wasn't, it wasn't my doctor. It was, I, um, I just noticed that the trends, you know, I look at trends, especially when I see my patients, I, I look at what's going on, like it's your hemoglobin 13 and now it's, 10, you know, it, maybe it's not a big, big difference, but it's, it's gone down, you know, that that's potentially a, an early problem. Um, but an R, the RDW in your hemoglobin, um, in your, in your complete bug cell count can tell you that your iron stores are low, Then that, that happens before you're deficient, you know, before you're anemic, okay. that still means you're iron deficient, you know, even though you're not you're not exactly anemic, you know, your hemoglobin might be 10 or 11, nothing to be too alarmed about, but your iron stores are still low and pretty soon you probably will be overtly anemic, but then by that point, it might be, you you know, you might have really serious, you start, you know, having serious hair loss, but once your RDW is high, I would probably already start supplementing you with iron.
0: Okay. That is very interesting that you said that because for me, like I you know, you can go on your MyChart or Epic or whatever your doctor uses and you can see your labs, right? Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it is I'm looking <laughs> at. So I go on yeah. to Dr. Google, I type in this and, you know, it's like, oh, well, you shouldn't be alarmed. Um, this is pretty common, you can see this with anemia. For me, my um, my doctor, she put me on um, just just the basic iron ferrous, so 325, mm-hmm. uh, 65 milligram, is what she suggested for me mm-hmm. but what I find interesting about that is that um and it's interesting because I think in the material that you cited I'm taking mine every day mm. and I wonder if I should be taking it every day yeah
1: um it's 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 hard to keep up with the literature it's I, I and it's not anybody's uh anybody's fault that's that's the that's the previous thinking is every day it makes sense you're iron deficient take it every day right yeah. um, but what they found in the more recent literature is um, every other day because the body's smart if it's seeing you know super therapeutic you know 500 percent more iron it's not going to absorb it and be like why are you giving me so much iron I'm not going to take it mm. so it's sort of a mechanism like that. in my mind this is what it is obviously they don't explain it in the, in, the, in the literature but what they found is taking it every other day allows for better absorption allows the body to better um you know understand that this is a new supplement that's coming in and this is how I'm going to start taking it and of course you take it with some vitamin c the you can take a pill I prefer get, telling my patients to eat like an orange or have it some like lemon water anything like that okay the more natural is better obviously if you can take red meat or have full protein that that's even preferred but when you're deficient you you need to take supplements until your stores are back to normal
0: okay so you're saying that i because i you know I, i didn't know that so i should i need to be following up with a vitamin c or lemon water or something yeah
1: take it take your iron pill um i mean in general we recommend people to take iron pills with, with vitamin C, um, because that allows for better absorption.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, see, I'm learning. No one, I'm, so <laughs> I'm like, I'm taking it every day, but I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, it's, it,
1: it that's just typically how they go. That's how they get absorbed.
0: Okay. Yeah. So take with vitamin C. So an orange or lemon water. Yeah. Something citrusy. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Noted, that is definitely good. (laughs) Um, The other thing was, hmm. so I'm doing, I have this regimen, when should I start to see results? So yeah,
1: typically you can see, so I'd say probably around three months you can start to see results. Uh, your stores are not going to be um, replete until about six months, so you need to take it for a long time. Okay. You know, your, your iron, mart- your iron, or your hemoglobin might start to look normal, but your iron stores um, are still are still probably not completely replete. But
0: the body's getting, getting there. <laughs> okay. So that's my, that's my other question. I, cause I know for myself, I re- I just recently had blood work done probably a few weeks ago, but mm. I was two weeks post menstrual. Mm. So obviously I'm going to be depleted. So yeah, question to you is, is that when taking blood work for, um, for a checkup with my cycle, when should I go? should I wait three weeks? Cause by then, you know, it's, I'm almost time to start again. Like I've got that fine window, you know, when should, yeah. I, when should I do blood work? Yeah. Um,
1: you know, it's, it's um, I'm trying to, I don't know that there's a particularly great answer, I guess um, probably the right, probably before your menstrual period, you know, maybe the, the week before, that'd probably be the easiest thing. Um, But really, your hemoglobin probably should be replete by then, you know, Um, it shouldn't be like super low, it should probably be within reference range, I would think, Um, so either there's a issue with not having enough iron or hasn't been repleted completely, Um, yeah
0: okay so the does it normally take about 30 days for for the body to kind of cycle and to kind of replenish itself you're saying yeah yeah it should, it should take about 30 days yeah 30 days that's good to know because i have i have a checkup very soon so <laughs> i'm asking <laughs> myself yeah. i'm asking for <laughs> yeah that's
1: um no yeah i will say if you have the heavy disease is a it's a probably it's probably a I want I'm not going to say a lifetime prescription, but probably to some degree taking iron pills probably for a long time.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I've also, I've also had clients, um, at work that have talimacina, t- am I saying that right? Talimacea, uh, um, thalamacea. am I? Oh, no? thalassemia. thalassemia, yeah, thalassemia yes. yes. Um, and, or they also have sickle cell. So oh Yeah. Chronically fatigued or anemia. Yeah. And they didn't realize that that could have been, you know, a reason why their hair is doing what it's doing. Yeah, for sure. It's, I mean, um,
1: probably a big, big reason that's probably contributing is the anemia that's from the thalassemia and from the sickle cell for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You mentioned earlier as far as nutrition and micronutrients, um, raw veganism is back. You know, a lot of people are, you know, especially in the black and brown community, that, that is, that is a, a big lifestyle change. I, you know, I, I, I tried it for about a year,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but for those individuals, especially women who don't consume animal products, what are safe ways that they can get good amounts of iron, especially if they're exercising? Because I think you mentioned that earlier Yeah, guys, um, exercise, um You know what can they do? Yeah, you
1: can. I mean, leafy greens, kale, spinach, those sort of plant irons um, are pretty good. Edamame has pretty good protein. Um, Those are the things off the top of my head. I mean, you can get the enough iron from a a raw vegan plant based diet for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just you got to be really careful. It's you know you probably have to plan a little bit better. You have to make sure you're getting all. sufficient amount of protein it's not a sort of willy-nilly i'm just gonna be (laughs) vegan and not necessarily pay attention to how much protein and iron i'm getting um because i think the even in general for the general population it's seven to ten cups of leafy greens is the required amount but i'm not sure everybody necessarily gets that
0: yeah um so and it's it's very hard in this fast pace now that things are kind of reopening and we're getting back to how things were before I'm tired. Like this, (laughs) you know, I was perfectly fine with just chill and things not really being open. I'm like, I'm okay. But now we're almost at like full throttle again. Yeah. I've got to get my, my mental back with the energy (laughs) level. So for individuals that have that go, go, go lifestyle and mentality um, where can they, you know, what, suggestions you have for them as far as should they supplement too if they're not getting the micro macronutrients
1: yeah i would i would supplement i think um probably do like a, a mineral analysis see which ones you're actually deficient in okay. um and then and then i would supplement because it's it's just not not worth it you know um you can get so i mean you can have so many problems if you're deficient in your micronutrients and your macronutrients and it's me it just doesn't seem like a risk that's that's
0: necessary for the um mineral analysis is that not where can i can i ask for that when i when i see a doctor yeah you can you can ask for it we we do it um
1: really we do it infrequently and usually it's for more serious conditions but we can run them um if yeah, if we if the relationship is there and you know it's my patient and we want to go ahead and do this, you're at risk for deficiencies, we we will run them for sure. Wow. Yeah.
0: So many, I'm I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Dr. <laughs> so many, so many gems you just shared tonight that really change people's lives, right? You know, because oh, yeah. especially you think about, I've been struggling with this for so long and I'm eating all the right things. I'm exercising. I've, you know, I'm following this very, um, it's not too regimented, but it's just, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm eating, I'm eating well, but my numbers are still showing this. So should we be so fixated on numbers or more of how we feel?
1: I, so I'm a, I'm a data person. Um, I will say, but probably to my detriment. Um, so, I think as long as you have a trusted healthcare provider, you know, your doctor, physician, somebody who's watching you, um, I think the the goal in anyone is to feel well. Um, So as long as you're feeling well, I don't think patients need to worry. I think it's the onus is on the physicians to keep track. So I I think, yeah, I think for patients in general, don't worry about the numbers, make sure the person that's looking at them is someone you trust and then do what you need to and and let them know if you're, things
0: are changing okay i like <laughs> that you make sure that it's someone that you trust so yeah. we have all of this information um what's the yeah. importance of having a personalized nutrition as well as you know trying to medications and everything what, what's the benefit in, of that yeah i think and attrition is such a, I feel like it's probably the
1: most difficult <laughs> uh, topic in medicine for sure. But I think it's its important to combine um, the, the conditions you have, you know, uh, whether you're anemic, you have other autoimmune disease or whatever other conditions you have in combination to the lifestyle that you want. You know, are you someone, like you said, that want to try to stick to as much vegan, vegetarian diet then you know what things can we do to make sure you're getting all your nutrients mm-hmm. um, but I, I think being honest and how you, you want to live your life in terms of the food you eat i, th- I think is important because honestly sometimes we'll recommend things but them and i'm part of it <laughs> that may not be in line with what the patient wants and, and i think it's important to consider what they want
0: yeah so from your experience what have you recommended um, that's not in line with, I guess, where a patient is wanting to go.
1: Um, I, I, I don't, uh, I will say I don't in general give like a blanket recommendation. I, I try to find out what, um, so it really depends. So I will say some, if I, if I know what conditions they have, I, I, I see a lot of people with diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, that's a, that's an internist, yeah. um, so we have general idea of what types of diets we can recommend to them. So those people, I will have something to offer them. Um, but everyone else, I kind of just try to figure out how are you eating um, and try any, any and if I can get anyone to leave sort of the standard American diet, any, any sort of diet is better than that, I think. No, <laughs> for good. that yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, so for the general population, if you're any movement away from the South American diet, it's great. And if you can reduce the, the processed foods, the simple carbohydrates, um, fructose for me, um, in the form of soda, diet soda, fruit juice, it, it, it does, doesn't necessarily need to be a part of our diet. We can limit it as much as we can. Mm -hmm. Um, and then those are probably the, you know, other than that, I think people can generally have a good sense of what else
0: they can eat. Right. There's so much, (laughs) there, there's so much that we, that are, that is, that's genetic, but so it's genetic in the sense of we're following the same eating habits, right? Yes. Like, oh, well, in my family, diabetes and high blood pressure runs rampant. But we're eating the same thing, you know. And so course, you know, of course, you're going to have all of that. So yeah. that that makes perfect sense. And I actually was interviewing um, another uh, healthcare professional. She's a, a nutritionist, and mm-hmm. she's in India. And mm-hmm. so she was telling me that when she first came to the states, she was recognizing how malnourished Americans were, but we were overweight. Yeah. Yeah. we were still malnourished because we were eating all of this junk that had no mm-hmm. nutrients in it. And so when she was working at the women's um, hospital, maybe like a shelter, she was seeing what people were, were being fed. She's like, this is bad. And so yeah. for her practice, she actually um, started, she actually incorporated her Ayurvedic um, techniques from back home. Oh wow. That's, that's what she knew and that's yeah. what worked and so that you know she was helping her patients you know with diabetes and high blood pressure because a lot of it is lifestyle related right yeah wow, that's awesome
1: that she did that for sure yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: it, it kind of reminds me of you in a way because it's it's uh she's very intentional yeah. uh, very intentional with her patients and um Looking at patients as an individual and trying to wing them off of their medications if possible, and mm-hmm. teaching them um, healthier choices. Now, I know for myself, in my family, we do have quite a bit that are that have high blood pressure and that are also diabetic, type one, but also type two, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's 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 really really hard because your yeah. life is revolving around food you know yeah. even when you're eating you're thinking about your next meal yeah and it's like okay i know i'm hungry but you have these swings you know which also affect your mood and um then you get tired but then if you if you take insulin um you know how much insulin i mean it's very overwhelming yeah very overwhelming
1: yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. It, it is, it is so hard. Um, and I, I feel for everyone. Um, and it's definitely, like you said, a big, there's obviously a genetic component we know that. And I mean, like you said, there's sort of an environmental component yeah. too when food is around you, it's hard to, to do. Um, and then the swings is, 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 it- is a, basically sort of an end product of the constant high carbohydrates you know high or you know high fructose um corn syrup that sort of stuff that's going on you have swings high blood sugars and then you start crashing it's up and down up and down you get hungry so yeah it is a problem
0: it's it's exhausting (laughs) so it's but, you know, I'm happy that, we have, um, that we're have that we having this conversation because, you know, like my goal and, and your goal is is to share this with other people yeah. and where they can have evidence-based information to where they can make better life's lifestyle choices. Yeah. And then they can share that with their friends and family and then potentially change the trajectory or the direction of their family dynamics. I'm like, hey, this is something that's really simple that we can do it doesn't have to be drastic but it's just one small change cutting yeah. up you know getting rid of your pot and replacing it with water if you're not ready for that uh you know maybe you know go from sweet tea to unsweetened tea you know kind of mm-hmm. gradually work your way yeah <laughs> you don't have to go cold turkey
1: yeah, no, I mean, honestly, that's, that's how you that's the right way to do it. That's how I do it with if, if you're, that's how I do it with my patients. If um, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you one anecdote. Um, I had a patient came with me with an A1C of 11. All yeah. we did was she stopped her soda. That's, that's it, her soda pop. Um, and then I saw her three months later, this this lady, her hemoglobin was six, Her A1C was six. And I'm like, what did you do? She's like, I just stopped the soda. Wow. <laughs> I was amazed, you know, and it's, it's, I think part of it is um, the cravings will go away. That sort of thing that's probably playing a role. But like you said, one, one step at a time, I think can make a, a big difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, patients are very blessed to have you. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, it's just, you know, it's nice. It's a beautiful thing to have. Uh, medical professionals that are, that are on your side and, and that are open to, to nutritional things too. Um, And, you know, understanding what your goals are potentially coming Mm -hmm. off medications, not being on something for a long time, but helping us as patients, being able to reach our goal and to, you know, to stay the course. So that, that's, that's, that's a wonderful thing (laughs) to know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So this has been a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I've learned a lot just in these last, you know, thirty minutes or so. And I'll recap for myself that um, although I've been taking my my sixty five milligram iron every day, I mm-hmm. learned today that I should probably take it every other day, and mm-hmm. that I should also, um, you know, take it with um, vitamin C, whether it's lemon water or an orange or something citrus related. I should definitely do that so that my body can absorb it. Ah, that was a great point. The mm-hmm. other point that I really appreciate that you brought out was um, if I'm susceptible to having um, different types of deficiencies, that I can actually ask my provider for a mineral analysis. Yeah, I did not know that that I could do that. Um, yeah, so that's great. <laughs> yeah, so you're you're giving me all the the gems here. But then um, let's see what was what was the other one. Um, I think you also mentioned too, that hair loss is a symptom of mm-hmm. something else that's going on. So realizing the time frames of things and kind of deep diving into what happened months ago, whether it was pregnancy, extreme stress, right. uh, sickness, you know, um, something like that, because for me, I've always said that the body leaves clues. Yeah. We just, have to, right. we just have to listen to it. Um, yeah so it tells us so not to be fanatical about things but um, but just to you know to listen to it so yeah I like that I like that well thank you yeah Donna.
1: no it's been my pleasure yeah I mean it's this is I i would enjoy this I mean it's I I love being able to help people in this way and um, I think in, in general like who you know patients who are listening your clients that I think it's so important, you know, there's so many different people out there. Now, make sure you find someone who's open. You know, I will, I'll say that. And the other thing I, I think people don't realize is you can pick and choose who you see. You know, it's not necessarily limited to what your insurance provider necessarily gives you, you know, and, um, you know, we're trained to be lifelong learners. Um, so find someone who's always reading, learning, keeping up with the data, that sort of things. And especially, to make sure they're in alignment with uh, what conditions and uh, problems that you have and what their interests may be. So.
0: I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. It reminds me of the the conversation I had with um, another doctor. She's the dermatologist, Dr. McMichael. Mm -hmm. And it, she was telling me, she's like, you know, when you find a dermatologist, make sure that they're board certified. I'm like, what do you mean by board certified? She's like, (laughs) that they are board certified dermatologists because they follow they stay up to date with yeah. <clears throat> dermatology like you know anybody can be board certified but if yeah. it's not in their field that's different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Just kind of like what you were saying, you know, you're staying abreast with what you do. Yeah, and and
1: board certification it's is that cuz we're required to maintain, you know, every even every couple of months, we're required to take courses and keep up, um, and the standards are very high, just for
0: any specialty. So, okay, that's, that's true. That's important. Yeah, well, that's good. So, if um, individuals out there that are listening in internet world, if they would love to find you or have additional questions, um, how can they reach out? Yeah, they can just email me for now.
1: Um, really, to share information. So. Okay. Um yeah, so it's imon S I F five at gmail.com.
0: Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So I will um, I'll share that and kind of um, type it in. So if they have additional questions, which I'm sure they probably will. But this has been really good. So thank yeah. you again for taking your time out of your busy schedule for for doing this. And for those of you that are listening, once again, um, this is one of the benefits of being a part of our in living curls, hair care community, you get hair care advice, lifestyle, but also interviews with the experts when it comes to medicine, um, uh, wellness, and just overall, you know, lifestyle things, lifestyle things. So definitely stay tuned in And this is your, once again, this is your favorite stylist, Melanie Day with You've Got Curls and Hair Loss Center. Until next time. Bye, everybody.